0: welcome to the podcast. My name is Dr. Louise and I help cycle breakers make decisions by unleashing the power of philosophy. Thank you so much for joining me today here on the podcast. Very first episode in the year 2024. So that is quite exciting. Today I want to talk about our frustration. As the survivors of long-term abuse, when we are not where we expected ourselves to be, when we are not where we wanted to be, when we are just experiencing a different pace than what we were hoping for when it comes to our healing work. I think that this is a particularly timely thing to be talking about because you might have done some reflection as we moved into the year 2024 on how things were going. Uh, Maybe you had set some goals in 2023 thinking about where you wanted to be on your healing journey. Uh, Maybe you noticed that you hadn't met those goals in exactly the way you had hoped. Maybe you're thinking about some goals for 2024 and you're trying to figure out what, what makes sense for you um, now that you are into another calendar year of healing as a survivor of long-term abuse. You know, I am personally going through this at the minute. <laughs> um I set goals in 2023. Some of them were healing related. And my life changed dramatically in the year 2023. Um not only was I continuing healing from the death of my abusive father, I I figured out, managed, navigated, survived half the year with um my abusive ex. Um broke up with him, tried to be friends. That was stupid. I didn't want to do that. He wanted to do that. Uh, it was a bad idea. Don't recommend that. Um and then in November blocked him. My life is very different. I haven't lived half of 2023. I didn't I lived alone. Um, I did not live with my um now ex. And those goals I set for myself at the beginning of 2023 were not realistic given the year that I had. Now, I had some overt upheavals in my life in 2023, but you might have experienced some upheavals that are not so noticeable on your journey um, in the past year. And you might experience some in the upcoming year. We have these moments on our healing journeys where, you know, big things happen. We we realize this person is treating us in a way that's too similar to the abusers of our past or we have to make some dramatic change in our living situation because our environment is not working out given where we are in our healing process. But a lot of our changes are more subtle. And I think it's really important that if we're going to think about our healing journey overall, we learn to navigate the frustration, the angst, the pain, the sadness, the remorse, all of these feelings that come up when we hit a place where we realize, hey, I'm not where I wanted to be. I'm not where I thought I would be by now. And how do you, how do you hit that? How do you deal with those big feelings? Well, on my own journey, I am rolling into 2024 here, really having to reconcile with the fact that I am living alone, free of abuse for the first time in my life. I thought that I was in that place when my father died. I thought that my father was the last abuser in my life. And when he passed away, um, even though I was no contact with him, I thought that that was the end. So I, he died in June of 2022. Is that right? I think that's right. Um... I'm bad at time because I have CPTSD, but whatever. (laughs) He died. He did not die in 2023. He died before that. And I thought I was in that place where I'm learning how to live without abuse. And it turns out that my partner was being emotionally abusive to me. Um, He, that abuse amped up once my father had passed, um, which made it easier for me to identify that as abuse and make decisions accordingly. Um, but I thought I was already more than a year into this process in 2023. And it turns out I hadn't even started. I had not even started. So that's a big pill to swallow, right? It's a big thing to really have to reconcile with. I thought I was in one place and it turns out I was in a totally different place and I'm starting Again, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm starting new. It's not totally starting new. I'm starting, I'm not starting in the same place. <laughs> starting in a different place. Um, but I think there's a lot of frustration with just, this isn't going the, the way I thought it was or the way I had come to understand it. And you know, that's tough. It's really tough. I think it happens to a lot of us. I think we have so much frustration and resentment when we've experienced childhood abuse that we really want to just be over it. We want to be over it. We want to be over it yesterday. (laughs) We want to be moving on, right? It is exhausting to still be navigating the fallout of abuse, you know, decades after you're no longer around the abusive people in your childhood. And many of us discover that we are with romantic partners who are acting in ways that are actually inappropriate. Many of us discover that we have some internalized tendencies that we need to work on and make sure that we're not creating more chaos in our environment. And we just have to keep working on the project sometimes, even when we don't want to do it. And... As this is a struggle, I really, I was thinking about, you know, what what from philosophy can help us with this kind of circumstance? And I was thinking about this book I read fairly recently called Camping with Kierkegaard um, by a philosopher named J. Aaron Simmons. And uh, this is a pretty interesting book. It's talking about um, Kierkegaard, obviously, who was an existential philosopher. And I'm not a philosopher. I personally have studied extensively in my work. So I was really learning things as I, as I read this book, getting more perspective on what, you know, what Kierkegaard thought. It's a fun book because the premise of it is that you are, um, going out like mountain biking and hiking. And along the way, you're talking about Kierkegaard, you're considering the big questions, you're, you're connecting with what really matters. Um, it's specifically the way Kierkegaard kind of understood things. But there's a particular quote that, I, that stood out to me um, when I was looking over my notes on this book. And, you know, I think one of the things as the, I mean, if you're listening to this podcast anyways, if you are one of these um, survivors of childhood abuse who are really committed To trying to work through that abuse and trying to reclaim your life and trying to live for you and not just live as an echo of the bad shit that happened to you. I think we've, we've all kind of made a commitment to like, I want to be healed or healing, right? (laughs) Like, I want to work through my stuff, right? I think that's one of the things, one of the, the things we have in common as a survivor community now you might at any given moment feel more eager to do that healing work than others that's normal and fine but i think when we zoom out if you're the kind of person who's consuming the content that i put out into the world if you're the kind of person who's learned about you know the nature of the abuse that you experience if you are trying to pick up advice from psychology and trying to learn more about philosophy and how that might help you are probably somebody who's decided one of the things that's important to you in your life is this healing work. And that's really interesting when we think about it from, um, you know, the way this book talks about um, Kierkegaard. You know, here's this quote I found. Um, it's called. It says, deciding on the direction of our risk on who it is that we hope to become requires being invested in not only finding our calling, but also responding adequately, responsibly, faithfully to it. Now, I don't know if most of us would say that being healed is our calling in life. I feel like most of us feel like being healed is one of the things I need to do in order to maybe pursue my calling or in order to kind of get those foundational things. But it feels like it's connected to what are, you know, this idea of who do we hope to become? Who do you want to be? After being a survivor of long-term abuse, we can start off, we can start off as survivors. And if you were a childhood abuse survivor, you did in this world, that was, (laughs) whether you were aware of it or not, that was probably one of the first things we could identify about you. But that's not who we are our whole lives, right? We maybe have to do this healing work, but we can pursue other things along the way. But I think if we're going to be successful at pursuing other things, this part where we have to be invested in not only finding our calling, but also responding responsibly to it. We have to respond responsibly to that calling. I've been thinking a lot about like, what, what is my calling? What is my calling? in life lately. I have, I've felt a lot of burnout um, when it comes to doing things in my life. I've seen a lot of projects that I've pursued both in terms of relationships and in terms of um, like professional projects kind of fail lately. Um, A lot of things I worked on in the long term didn't really pan out for me. And so it's really got me into this reflective state of like, what is my calling? And I've realized that if I'm going to pursue whatever it is, <laughs> what it is kind of varies by the day. Sometimes I'm really ready to dive deep into um, doing the kind of practical philosophy that I want to see in the world. And sometimes I'm pulled towards other things. It just kind of depends, depends on how I'm feeling towards philosophy at any given moment. But whatever, what, no matter what it is, no matter what the answer is to what is um, my calling, there is this foundational thing where if I am going to pursue that calling in a responsible way, I have to manage my healing work. If my healing work is not strong from the foundation, then whatever things I'm trying to build in my life are going to be as shaky as that foundation is, right? Like if I'm just kind of taping it together, you know, holding everything together with duct tape when it comes to my healing work, it's always going to limit what I can do from the perspective of pursuing my calling in life, right? And I think that I'm really having to reconcile with that because what I want to do is go explore and focus on what is my calling and focus on becoming more financially independent. Uh, my ex and I are still financially mixed up together and I would like to get away from him more. So that would require <laughs> um, having more financial independence than I currently have. So, I want to pursue that. That's what's important to me. That's important to my sense of safety and security. That's important to me in the long term. I want to focus on that. That, right now, cannot be easily pursued. It cannot be responsibly pursued. Why? Because I need to go back to basics. I am the survivor of long-term abuse. I, it went on longer than I even thought it was going on because it turns out my ex was part of the problem. That I have three decades of abuse under my belt. And it turns out in that time, I didn't learn how to do some of the basic things that adults do in this world very well. I've always learned how to do it enough to get by. I've always fed myself. I have always um, been able to like do laundry and keep house enough to be okay, but not enough to feel good about it. Not enough to feel confident in it. And I think that the kind of life I want to live, the kind of person I hope to become is the kind of person who doesn't think a lot about these basics. And the only way <laughs> The only way I can get there so that this stuff is not taking up space. So the fact that I'm not, you know, I'm not real good at doing laundry. And like every time, every time I'm putting off doing laundry, it's making me think about how my parents didn't help me do laundry when I was a little kid and I needed help. It makes me think about that. And that is not something I need to be reminded of on a regular basis, So if I'm going to gift future Louise the mental space to not think about these things, to be able to focus on my calling, to pursue the things I want to pursue with the confidence that I know I have the potential to have, I've got to go back to basics. And how disappointing, (laughs) how absolutely. Disappointing is that I am 32. I'm 32 years old. I have lived in different places. I have lived in different circumstances and I still haven't figured out these kind of basic Human things and I know what you're gonna say, right? Like everyone's instinct is like Oh, well, no one's that good at doing the laundry or like no one does those things that well like you're doing fine I understand that I'm not like doing things so poorly that I'm not functioning. Um, That's one of the reasons I don't need to be like hospitalized or something like, right? Like I am functional enough, but the calling I want to pursue, the person I want to become isn't just doing what's enough, right? I want to do the amount that makes me feel like that's fine and comfortable and under control. And I've never gotten there. I've never done it. Even in the few moments in my life where I was able to focus on it, I had so much abuse and background noise going on, I could never comfortably work it out. And so when I'm thinking about who it is I hope to become, how I want to pursue my calling in life, and how I can respond to that calling in a responsible way, I believe it really requires some time for me to learn these stupid, simple little things that in the perfect world I would have learned a long time ago. And that is painful right now. It's, I'm going to say it's painful. I'm not, I'm not going to lie to you. It's painful. I don't want to be focused on making sure that I just do the laundry or I don't want to be focused on making sure that I eat But these are things I have not been good at and are taking up mental space that is making it difficult for me to pursue the other things I want to pursue. And that, I think, is not unusual as a survivor of long-term abuse. We didn't get a chance to master a lot of the basic skills that many other human beings learned when they were... You know, kids, when they were teenagers, when they were in college, we didn't have those opportunities because we were busy navigating these huge, deep, dark pits of problems that were being caused by adults who didn't act right, right? Like, we we need to be able on our journey to notice when we might need a pause and to go back to basics, to to give ourselves the gift of space and time to focus in on mastering the simple skills that are foundational to the rest of the life that we're trying to build. And it hurts, but I also think it's got A lot of potential there's a lot of excitement to it too right it's kind of stupid that as a 32 year old i need to go back and like properly learn how to feed myself this has been my biggest issue i've just since my ex left my house i just am not good at feeding myself he was in charge of cooking and i have been um just a total wreck in terms of eating like a responsible human being (laughs) like i'm just eating really randomly or i'm just not eating Eating is just becoming like too big an issue in my life. And that's not what I want for the person I hope to become. The person I hope to become eats and it's fine and like it's not a big deal. <laughs> that's, that's all I want for me. And I know that that's attainable. But if I just say, oh, well, I just should do that. I just should figure it out. I just should be able to do it. But I don't actually cut myself the slack and give myself the time to build up the habits and the skills to do it. Then I'm just, I'm just delaying the life that I want. Right. I feel like I've done this many times since my, um, my ex left my house back in like July. No, it was earlier than that. Um, Anyway, since since he stopped living with me, I've had a lot of kind of like false starts. And I think a lot of it is because I keep thinking I should just move on. I should just be able to do the next thing. Like there's no obvious reason I shouldn't. And like there is a really obvious reason. Like as a survivor of long-term abuse, the things I need are different than somebody who's my age and hasn't had those experiences. And so I'm I'm going to try this this quarter quarter one 2024. I'm focusing on going back to basics. I am prioritizing bedtime, eating every day, getting some joy into my day to help with some of the burnout. And um, what was the other thing? Oh, laundry once a week. Um, I want to. I want it to be once a week. I I negotiate that too often. So that is my plan. It's not a big plan. I'm not trying to become the next latest and greatest. I'm not trying to pursue my financial goals. I'm not trying to pursue big lofty healing goals. I'm just trying to give myself some time to relearn and reconnect With the basic things that I never quite got to focus in on because of all of the bullshit that I was putting up with. So if you find yourself in a similar situation, you know, I'd really invite you to consider what whatever it is you're trying to become in your life, whatever thing you're trying to pursue professionally or personally You know, think about what was what would it mean to pursue that in a responsible way? What do you need to do for your healing in order to build that foundation that those big lofty dreams need and deserve? The more you think about that, the more I think you'll be able to cut yourself the slack, the space, the time that you need to do the things that are actually going to make that big impact as you move toward all the dreams that, that you have for the future. Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope you found it helpful and I'll catch you guys in the next one. Bye-bye.